Welcome to the Forgettable Reads Podcast, a no-nonsense sleepcast for the rest of us. No creepy whispering, no bad spell music, no sleepy monotone. Just sincere reads of boring, bland material for all your verbal white noise needs. And now your host, Lauren Good. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode four. This is what I want to offer you. My aunt made a really smart decision that I want to tell you about. She removed herself from social media and she asked her husband, my uncle, to not post about her health condition on social media. What this did for her, um, number one, she in general was not paying as much attention to her smartphone, her iPhone. And instead, she spent her energy on spending time with her family, doing craft projects, eating delicious food, um, planning dinners, doing all the kinds of things that I think most of us, like in an analog world, would still be doing if we didn't have one foot in to the digital world, which is our smartphone and or social media. So, in, in honor of her memory, one thing I want to talk about tonight is the final uh, of, our, of our COVID-19 parody spots. We got inundated with just blasts of emails from every company we've ever done business with, how they were going to deal with the pandemic, how much they quote-unquote cared about us, how they were going to like move forward, blah, blah, blah. And I, as I told you in a previous episode, I, I put a post on social media. And one of my favorite responses I got when I said, of all the companies that you got this kind of communication from, which I guarantee you my Aunt Molly probably did get, but totally didn't see and ignored because she was at this point out of living a digital life, and totally living her real life, an analog life. One of the suggestions I got on this post was that Noodles and Company just kept emailing updates about how they were responding to the pandemic. And my friend Kate was like, okay, Noodles and Company, what's up with you? So tonight, for our final COVID-19 parody spot, uh, before we finish talking about the difference between digital and in-real-life analog life, we are going to have a special word from our sponsor, Noodles and Company. Now, Alex, I know we've already kind of probably tapped out our musical resources about how these spots go. We started with somber music, then we went to like children playing historic. Now, here's my challenge for you this week. Let me know if you're up for it. And if not, tell me what you want to do instead. I'm thinking like, slow building epic kind of rocky like the underdog quote unquote which is not real um the underdog like fighting the world like finding their place do we have something like that or or what would you rather do instead for the spot okay so you're thinking something kind of uh uplifting inspirational almost epic sounding is that right yeah. Okay, I can definitely find some sort of 
orchestral, inspirational uh, backtrack. I think that'll be good. Love that. I just love you. Uh, Last question. Um, This commercial starts with a very special tag. Um, You want to do it, right? I would be honored. Okay. So without further ado, before we finish our conversation about in real life, life, and digital social media life, here is our final, third and final word from our sponsor from Noodles and Company. A special pandemic message from Noodles and Company. Here at Noodles and Company, our top priority is the health and safety of our guests and team members. We are taking COVID-19 very seriously. Just as seriously as the projected numbers from our PNL statement. So during this difficult and uncertain time, we will email you every single day with unnecessary updates that will leave you scratching your head. Finally, offer our employees paid sick leave, expand our delivery services, and at long last, offer it for free. And when we lose money on that, we will offer you double reward points if you will just come pick it up yourself at our new contactless curbside option. Donate the surplus of unused noodleage to healthcare workers and families in need. And finally, pitch you a mobile app so that we can market directly to you day and night through your phone. For the past 15 years, Noodles & Company has been proud to take weight from your wallet in order to pad your waistline with all those delicious and addicting carbs. And with your help, we'll be here for 15 more. Noodles & Company now offering Apple Pay and Google Wallet. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And if anybody wants a link that just has our uh, COVID spots, (laughs) I'd be happy to send it to you. Um, But to finish up what I was saying earlier about my aunt and and this this balance between, I mean, like, here's the thing, folks. We're living in a world where social media and, and internet presence is, is part of most of our lives. And, and here's the telling thing. We now have a, a saying called IRL, which means in real life. For me, social media is great for a number of reasons. Um, number one, I, I moved from Dallas to Chicago. I have friends and family who are across the country, across the globe. I'm also really terrible at phone calls. (laughs) I'm much more likely to use my phone for things that aren't phone calls than phone calls. Uh, I'm much more likely to do Zoom than I am phone calls. So there's that. Um, And that's what's wonderful. 
um, marketing. I also personally, like I teach and I coach through social media. So there's a number of things I love about social media. Here is why I know my aunt needed to leave social media. Totally respect this. Like she was going through a huge change in her life. And this is what social media is great about. Bumper sticker philosophy. <laughs> um, easy peasy conversations. It's not the place to have deep, difficult conversations. If your perspective can be explained in a meme or a bumper sticker, then social media is the place to have it. And uh, in my aunt's situation, not much of what she was experiencing could be explained in a meme or a bumper sticker. And many of us, I think, um, accidentally get involved in situations that we think we can have deeper conversations because we are connected to folks that we want to be connected to. Um, it, it's rough. And then that way, I think my aunt was like, pre-prepared for the pandemic. She was already doing that. And then many of us are now figuring that out for ourselves. Uh, so that being said, that's my intro for tonight. Take take or, or leave whatever is useful. Um, and tonight's story <laughs> will all be about esoteric wisdom from the East, Eastern thinking and uh, how it can help us live. So, without further ado, here is tonight's reading. Vajra. Clarity. Wisdom Aspect. Sane Possibilities. In its open, brilliant, and pure state, Vajra energy is crystal clarity. It is associated with the color blue, the element water, and the sense of sight. Vajra energy reflects its surrounding like a calm, clear pool of water without distortion or bias. Thus, Vajra wisdom is mirror-like. It sees things as they are. The environment of Vajra is a mountainous landscape where the air is cool and refined. Winter is its season. Picture a bright winter day. The air crisp and fresh. Sunlight on the snow dazzles the eye. The landscape is finely etched and full of all sorts of thought-provoking sharpness. The textures of objects and their relationships are clear and vivid. Ice-frozen branches catch the sun. Icicles add a jewel-like accent. Vajra people's primary mode of operating is mental. They radiate a sense of I know. They have a passion to know, to understand, to learn. They dwell in a refined world in which the mind can open to its own intelligence. Their minds are sharp, like the freshness of a winter dawn. Their learning styles intellectual, analytical, and principled. They take a big view. Vajras can be accomplished scholars. They dwell on mountain peaks and in ivory towers, or nowadays, 
were probably in front of their computers. They are always searching for something interesting to know. At best, their knowing arises from the present moment and is relevant to the immediacy of the situation. And once they know, they want to explain. For the Vajra type, there are two ways of knowing. Panoramic and detailed. On the one hand, Vajras are interested in a visionary overview. They always want to see a map of the terrain before they proceed. In any situation, they relate first to the general ideas and basic principles in order to become aware of all of the possibilities. Hidden corners or unexplored areas are anathema to them. Their intellect must illuminate everything from all directions. Also, Vajra people have a passion for detail, precision, and clarity. They are thorough, methodical, and systematic. They like to see how details fit into an overall structure. The more viewpoints they have, the more prepared they feel. They develop strategies to counteract problems and then strategies to counteract the strategies. Because people with a preponderance of Vajra energy are so mental and forward-looking, the forward and chest are the areas of the body where their energy focuses. Vajra people think and speak either in simple, clear statements or in complex, elegantly constructed arguments. In either case, they follow a train of thought point by point. Their speech is crisp and precise, with no superfluity. Mentally, they tend to be conceptual. They relate well with abstract principles. They want to know the logical relation of one thing to another. They see the world in terms of patterns, maps, guides, principles, logic. They want to know the where, why, and what of things. What's the setup here? What are the rules? How does it work? They can be philosophical. What is life? What is the essence? In terms of their relationships with others, they want to know histories, worldviews, passions, strengths, and weaknesses. The clear-minded quality of Vajra people, with its accurate and brilliant reflection of what is, has a pacifying and calming effect on others. Not only are Vajras able to see what's happening clearly and without bias, but they also have the ability to highlight a broader perspective. Even in complex situations, they can see the advantages and disadvantages of different positions, the challenges that moving in any particular direction might present. Since Vajra people see both sides of an argument with clarity and without having to be right, they can help diffuse struggle or conflict. There is an unyielding evenness about Vajras that cuts the energy of emotional upheaval. They tend to be reasonable and dependable, unflustered by their own or others' emotions. This calm, even quality is the epitome of the Vajra's potential for sane action. 
People with a preponderance of this energy make great mediators, facilitators, and leaders. They can bring everyone around to a common ground so they can work together. They see through neurotic manipulation and stop it cold. When there is a maze of solidified hostility on both sides, they can cut through the fixed positions to find the points of agreement. They see the chaos and conflict, but do not exacerbate the discord by adding their own mental baggage to the situation. They clean up messes, create order, clarify the environment. They bring harmony by clearly seeing the obstacles to it. Other people are drawn to the Vajra's astute judgment. Vajra people are observers, seers. Their wisdom is tempered by a compassion that comes from seeing so clearly. Others turn to them for the final answer. They exude a dignified strength, a sense of being so definite that nothing can attack them. They are impenetrable, indestructible, like a diamond. There is no room for chaos. They can be objective in a positive sense and not get caught up in emotional cloudiness or personal vendettas. My friend Peter has a strong dose of Vajra in his personality. When we attend meetings together, he sits there calmly as others make their points, become heated over the issues, and at times digress and lose their train of thought. At the end of the discussion, he speaks up, succinctly summarizing the main points. He points out the polarities in people's position and presents a middle way that accommodates all views. This sense of perspective often allows everyone else to relax and agree on a course of action. Vajras have a tremendous sense of integrity. They like the containment that boundaries provide. If the boundaries are sketchy, they will make them firm. This is how they create an orderly world that has structure and form. Imagine a formal party in a splendidly decorated room in which elaborately dressed people are behaving with impeccable manners and decorum. This is a Vajra world. To some, such a defined structure might look rigid or constricting, but in fact, the form itself makes a space in which elegance, grace, and clarity can arise. Vajra people make good leaders, diplomats, scientists, surgeons, dentists, watchmakers, engineers, and computer programmers. In terms of religion or spiritual path, the philosophical and intellectual aspects are what attract them. Their style of dress could be simple or elegant. They like solid, uncomplicated colors, which might be bright, which just the right amount of ornamentation. On an emotional level, Vajra people have a sense of distance, reserve, and cool detachment. They might feel things deeply, 
but they don't express those feelings in obvious ways. They often feel more comfortable in platonic relationships than in romantic ones. They are inclined to be warm and gentle rather than hot and passionate. They enjoy playful verbal repartee that shows off their quick-tongue cutting wit. They delight in dry and philosophical wordplay stemming from their ability to see all angles. At their best, they are light, sparkling, and bubbly, like a fresh mountain spring. A therapeutic approach that attracts Vajras is psychoanalysis, with its intellectual understanding of emotional dynamics and how the mind works. They run the risk of becoming so involved in dissecting emotions and psychological dynamics that any insight becomes merely one more thing to analyze. They might appreciate shiatsu massage, which is clean and precise. Cultures that have a well-defined vision and a strong sense of propriety and decorum belong to the Vajra family. A good example is the Japanese affinity for visual order, precision, a highly refined sense of decorum, and collective principles overriding individual will. The Scandinavian countries Germany, German Switzerland, England, and to some extent the United States also have strong Vajra qualities. Vajra people's visual sense is very keen. They want to know how things line up and are connected. In visual art, Vajra space is sharply defined with a geometrical design. Vajras prefer bright, bold, monochromatic colors with a smooth, almost metallic texture. Cubism, constructivism, and certain aspects of pointillism seen in the work of such artists as Mondrian and Klee display these qualities. M.C. Escher's work also has Vajra qualities, particularly in its balance of playfulness and self-mockery. Vajra qualities are also evident in conceptual art and graphic art. Photography and filmmaking appeal to Vajra people who are always focusing the lens, framing the world, finding just the right composition. Japanese or modern architecture has Vajra's clean-cut lines and sharply delineated spaces with a sense of refinement. Architecture that uses light, mirrors, crystals, and stained glass also has Vajra qualities. And that Vajra spaces are generally sharp, uplifting, and light. Vajra music is brilliant and clear, like the work of Mozart, Bach, and Edgar Varese. Elemental Vajra sound is an elongated e penetrating space. Classical ballet, with its focus on refined physical lines and postures that go far beyond what seems natural, is a good example of Vajra dance. Mercy Cunningham is a contemporary choreographer who delights in working with Vajra energy particularly in his approach to time and space. Literary forms that embody Vajra sensibility are classical poetry, such as English sonnets and Japanese haiku. 
scientific journals, and technical manuals belong to the Vajra family. Journalism combines elements of Vajra and karma. Sports like skiing, fencing, karate, and Japanese archery, kyodo, have the one-pointedness and precision of Vajra. Japanese samurai who take bows binding themselves to higher principles and fight with total commitment are the epitome of the Vajra mindset. Vajra qualities manifest in diverse ways in terms of food and drink. Gin and tonics, the Japanese tea ceremony, and French Nouvelle cuisine. It could be said that Vajra animals do not make the best of pets. Eagles, sharks, and swordfish are better admired from a distance. <laughs> 